This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. I'm Billy Lambert, the speaker on the telecast, and I want to encourage you to stay tuned today. Have you ever picked up your Bible and maybe you were just reading through the Bible and you come across something that you never had read before. You know, there are lots of things that we might not have read before that we don't understand. I, I dare say there's not a person that owns a Bible, but what there's some things they still need to know about the Bible. I hope you'll stay tuned today because that's what we're going to talk about. Things we need to know about the Bible. Please stay tuned today. Now on getting to know your Bible, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course, and, and this course will help you to know more things about the Bible, and, and we trust that you will have the, enough interest in, in this course that, that you'll uh, order the course in and, and order that you might know more about it and how you can get the course. We're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, the Apostle Paul wrote, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction and in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. You know, there are a lot of things that, that I don't know about the Bible. I've been studying the Bible now all my life, but there are still things that I don't know. And, and, and we need to, there are some things we need to keep in mind when we think about studying the Bible. You see, we need to search the Scriptures, according to Acts 17, verse 11, that we might learn what the Bible has to say. Now, there's some things we need to remember when we study the Bible. Number one, we need to remember that the Bible is, in fact, inspired of God. As we just read from 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is a God-breathed book, God-breathed upon this is something God gave us. Second Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 tell us that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So we have to keep in mind that the Bible is inspired of God. It's not inspired like we say Shakespeare was inspired, some other work of man was inspired. 
God is in this book. God breathed the words of this book. That's really what inspiration is all about. But a second thing we need to keep in mind and remember when we study the Bible is that we do not know all there is to know about the Bible. Uh, you could study the Bible for 50 or 60 years and you still not learn all there is to know about it. A great preacher by the name of T.B. Larimore, who lived in another age, said, Till the swallow shall drink the oceans dry, the truths of God shall never be exhausted. And so we have to understand when we study the Bible, I don't know it all. And when you find a person who thinks they know it all, they are a know-it-all, if you understand what I mean. But the third thing we need to keep in mind and remember when we study the Bible is that we have to study the Bible with an open mind. If I study the Bible with my mind already made up what I'm going to read in there and what I'm going to learn in there and I try to find passages of Scripture to prop up what I think, then I, that's not an open mind. We need to study the Bible with a mind that says, I want to learn the truth. I want to know what is the truth. And Jesus knew there would be people whose minds would be closed to the gospel. And as a matter of fact, Jesus, in the 13th chapter of Matthew, in verse 15, says, For this people's heart is wax gross, their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. The Lord knew that there would be people whose eyes would be closed, whose ears would be stopped to, to the hearing of the truth, and that their hearts would be hardened to the truth. But you see, you will never be able to see the truth if you have your spiritual eyes closed. You will never hear the truth if you've got your fingers stuck in your spiritual ears. Someone says, I don't want to hear that. Well, you see, that's what we're talking about. I already have my mind made up. That's what we're talking about. We have to study the Bible with an open mind. And then a fourth thing to remember when we study the Bible is that one day we're going to be in the judgment with, before God Almighty and we're going to be judged by the words that are written in this book. Let me read what Jesus said in John the 12th chapter and verse 48. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him the word that I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. On the last day we're not going to be judged by the opinions of men. We're not going to be judged by what a group of preachers thought. We're not going to be judged by what uh, some council or some synod or some conference may have said, some school somewhere, some publication that's written about biblical things. No. We're going to be judged by the words that are written in this book. In Romans, the second chapter, in verse 16, Paul wrote, In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men, according to my gospel. We're going to be judged by the word. We're going to be judged by the gospel. And so we're going to be judged in light of what God said in his word. 
not what I thought he said, not what I think he said. It's we'll be judged by what he said. Now, if we'll keep those four things in mind, it will aid us in studying the Bible. If we will remember that the Bible is inspired of God, it's God's book. It's not some man-made book. It's God's book. If we will remember that we have to study the Bible with an open mind, if we will remember that there are things about the Bible that I do not know yet, we should all be hungry and, and for truth. We ought to be thirsting for truth, more truth. And then keep in mind that one day I will be judged in light of the teaching of this book. So there are some things we need to remember when we study the Bible. Now one of the very first things you learn when you begin to study the Bible is that the Bible is divided into two parts. There is the Old Testament and there is the New Testament. I have in this hand the Old Testament. I have in this hand the New Testament. Two Testaments that comprise the Bible. And there are 66 books that make up the Bible as a whole. Now there are 39 books in the Old Testament. And those books contain the law and history and poetry and prophecy all through the Old Testament. How many books are there in the Old Testament? There are 39. Let me give you a little trick as to how to remember that. How many letters are in the word O? Well, there are three, aren't there? Now count the letters in the word testament, and there are nine. Three, nine. Thirty-nine books in the Old Testament. But then in my right hand is the New Testament. The New Testament is composed of 27 books. Another way to remember how many books there are in the New Testament is like, goes like this. There are three letters in the word new. There are nine letters in the word testament. Nine times three equals 27. And those 27 books of the New Testament contain the Gospels, which is the life of Jesus Christ. It contains a history of the church, that is the book of Acts. Then there are letters that are written to individuals and to churches. And then there is a book of prophecy, which is the book of Revelation. The Old Testament and the New Testament make up the entirety of the Bible. Jesus Christ endorsed the Bible. Sometimes people say, how do we know the Bible is true? Can we be sure the Bible is true? Well, one of the right ways that we can know that the Bible is true is because of how it's been endorsed. And Jesus endorsed the Old Testament. For instance, Jesus endorsed the account in the Old Testament of the cleansing of a man by the name of Naaman. Naaman was a captain in the Syrian army. 
Naaman had leprosy. And Jesus referred to that in the, in the uh, fourth chapter of Luke's gospel in verse 27. There were many lepers in Israel in the days of Elijah the prophet, and none of them was healed, saving Naaman the Syrian. So Jesus put his stamp of approval upon that story. There was a man who had leprosy, and that man was cleansed of his leprosy when he went and did what God told him to do. Now think about another account in the Old Testament, and that's Lot's wife turning into a pillar of salt. Jesus endorsed that story. In Luke chapter 17 and verse 32, Jesus simply said, Remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. So Jesus endorsed that story. And then there is the story about Jonah and the whale. That's a very controversial book of the Bible to many people. And it troubles them because they don't understand how that could have happened. But Jesus said it's true. And Jesus said it's true in John, the, or rather in Matthew, the 12th chapter, when he said an evil and adulterous generation seeks a sign. But there shall be no sign given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah was three days, three nights in the whale's belly, even so must the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus Christ said the story about Jonah being swallowed by a whale is absolutely true. He put his stamp of approval upon it. And then Jesus endorsed the creation story. Now there's one that gets people excited when you start talking about the beginning and, and God making everything in the very beginning. But Jesus endorsed it. In Matthew, the 19th chapter, Jesus said, Have you not read in the beginning that he made them both male and female? Jesus Christ said the, the, the story about God creating man out of the dust of the ground, breathing into his nostrils the breath of life, then taking a rib from the side of the man and creating a woman is absolutely true. Jesus endorsed it as being true. Someone, I've been asked this question several times. Do you, do you believe the Old Testament? I believe every word of the Old Testament because Jesus Christ said the Old Testament is true. But Jesus also endorsed the, the authenticity and the veracity of the New Testament actually before it was ever written. Think about that before he ever wrote it. It was ever penned by the inspired men. Jesus said it's, it's going to be true. Listen to John 16, verse 13. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he shall guide you into all truth. And he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he hears, that shall he speak. He's talking about the Holy Spirit that would give, that would inspire men to write down the Bible, to put it into form where you and I can read it today. That was done by the Holy Spirit. And he told the apostles that the Holy Spirit would guide them in revealing all truth to the world. 
And by the time the last apostle died, and by the time the last person died upon whom apostles had laid their hands, all truth had been revealed to the world. Now we have to keep that in mind. We keep it to mind the Bible is divided in the Old Testament. It's divided into the New Testament. And we have to understand that you and I today, this is another thing to remember, studying the Bible are not living under the Old Testament, but we're living under the New Testament. There was a time men lived under the Old Testament, and that was when they lived under, uh, in keeping with the law of Moses, and when Jesus died upon the cross of, of, of Calvary, Jesus took that law that had been given to the children of Israel out of the way, nailed it to the cross, Colossians 2.14, and he gave us his last will and testament. If you have your Bible handy, turn over to Hebrews, the, the ninth chapter, beginning in verse number 15. Howbeit for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, and that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first covenant, that they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Well, where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is no strength at all while the testator liveth. Somebody said, Brother Lambert, you're going to have to explain those verses to me. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, let's go back and let's just look at it very carefully. And it tells us that when Jesus Christ died on the cross, that Jesus gave us his last will and testament, the New Testament, the gospel, the gospel message, and that the Old Testament was taken out of the way because it fulfilled its purpose, and its purpose was to bring men to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not living today under the Old Testament, we're living today under the New Testament. And all of the conditions of salvation that, that are mentioned in the New Testament are revealed for man's benefit and for his eternal salvation. For example, uh, sometimes people say, I'd like to be saved like the thief that was on the cross with Jesus. And, and I'm assuming they're talking about the penitent thief because there were two thieves. One impenitent, hard-hearted man, the other very penitent man. And, and they say, I want to be saved like the thief on the cross. And that's, that man said, Lord, remember me today. Remember me, Lord. And he wanted to be remembered when he came into his kingdom. And so... I, I don't want to be saved like the thief on the cross. That thief lived and died while the law of Moses, the one that I'm holding in my left hand here, was still in force. When Jesus died on the cross, he took that out of the way. He gave us the New Testament. And it's in the New Testament that Jesus gave the conditions of salvation. The conditions of salvation for our age, the Christian age, are not found in the Old Testament. They are found in the New Testament in the Gospel. And we are to believe on Jesus Christ. That's one of the conditions of salvation. 
John 8, 24 says, Except you believe that I am he, you shall die in your sins. And a man must believe in Jesus Christ if he's going to be saved. In Luke 13 and 3, Jesus gave another condition of our salvation. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So we're to repent of our sins. And then we need to be willing to confess we believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, is referred to as a good confession in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 12. And that confession was made by the man from Ethiopia in Acts chapter 8 when he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And then another condition of our salvation is baptism into Christ. And that's for the remission of our sins, that our sins might be cleansed and washed in the precious blood of the Lamb. Unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. But when does that blood wash those sins away? It's when we're baptized. Acts 22, 16, And now why tarest thou? What are you waiting on? Rise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. So we wash away our sins when we're baptized. It is in baptism that we come in contact by faith with the blood of Jesus that washes and cleanses us of our sins. You see, we need to understand that testament to which we are amenable today. The testament by which one day we're going to be judged. When I stand before God at last, I'm not going to be judged by the Old Testament. I'm going to be judged by what's taught in the New Testament, in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we need to understand that. We need to understand that there are two divisions of the Bible. There's the Old Testament and there is the New Testament. Now something else that we need to know about the Bible is that the Bible cannot be changed. The Bible cannot be changed. Well, I suppose that men can change it. Maybe I should say the Bible should not be changed. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse number 2. You shall not add to the word which I command you, nor take from it, that you may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. He, he said in the verse 1, he said, Now Israel, listen to the statutes and the judgments which I teach you to observe that you may live and go and possess the land which the Lord your God of your fathers is giving you. So right there in the beginning of the Bible, we have the command to not add to the Bible, to not take away from the Word of God. Now let's look at a passage that's in the very middle of the Bible, and this passage is in the book of Proverbs, chapter 30 and verse number 6. Do not add to his words, lest he rebuke you, and you be found a liar. What is, what is the writer of the Proverbs saying? You're not to add to the word of God. 
when an individual adds to the Bible, they put themselves in jeopardy. I want you to turn now to the last book of the Bible, and that's the book of Revelation, and we want to turn to chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. Now listen to him now. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the plagues that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life and from the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Of course, John is talking about the book of Revelation. But the principle applies to all of the word of God. We have seen that in the beginning of the Bible, in the middle of the Bible, in the end of the Bible, we're not to add to what God said. We're not to take away from what God says. One of the major contributing factors to the religious confusion that exists in our world today are those who would add to what God said. They'll just like to add their opinion, their thoughts, they, they would like to add to the Bible, or they want to take away. And by taking away, I mean they may come to some passage where, where we're commanded to do a certain thing, and they just skip over that and they go on to the next verse because they want to take that part out. They want to take away from the words of the prophecy of the Word of God. We have no right to take away from anything the Bible says. We have no right to add to the Bible. These are just a few things we need to know when we study the Bible, and I trust that they have been beneficial to you. May God help us to be diligent students of his word. I'd encourage you to become a Christian today by believing on Jesus, repenting of your sins, confessing faith in Christ, by being baptized because Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Mark 16, 16. I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. Visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not sure where it's located, get in touch with us. Call us, and we'll help you find it. Also, pick up the phone right now and call for the free Bible correspondence course. May God bless you and keep you is our prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580 
or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.